What's up, everybody? I am Coach Dave, and I lift. And I'm Laura, and I lift. Welcome well, to He Lifts. He Lifts podcast. And tonight, we are talking about our beginning of our fitness journey. I'm picking up right where we left off last week. Um, and we, we covered a lot of things last week, I, I think. Um, and we in the future, we are going to expound on a lot of those. Um, but I think one thing... Um, we really want to hit one, um, Laura, as you were talking about, was what workout works for you. Yeah, so um, last time we gave a lot of tips, and we are going to give you more tips for beginners. Um, but I don't necessarily think there's, like, a most important, like, these are in no order. Um, but one of the most important things um, that's going to keep you successful in your journey is doing a workout that you enjoy. Um, so not to like sneak peek our next episode, but we're going to talk about like one of the most effective ways to work out next time, um, which we'll sneak peek it at the end, but the most effective workout doesn't necessarily matter if you're not going to do it. Um, so we need to find the fine line of like, what's actually going to be effective, but what you're actually going to do. Um, cause if you're not going to do it, then there's no point and being effective. So try to think about like things that you've done in the past, whether you like played sports in high school or you did a certain activity that you like. So when you're starting your fitness journey, try to think about things that you enjoy and then try to find some type of workout that uh, correlates to that. And if you don't know what you enjoy, that's okay. That's okay too. You can experiment with all different styles of workouts. So there's like hit workouts. You can lift heavy. There's like kettlebells, barbells, dumbbells, mobility, bands, all hiking, swimming, kayaking, all that good stuff. Uh, so the one of the most important things in ensuring that your journey is a consistent journey because we want sustainable results. And to get those sustainable results, we need to sustain the act of doing exercise um, is going to be to find something that you enjoy. And absolutely, absolutely. It's something that you enjoy. And even if it's not what you continue with, I think finding that thing that you like to do, and like you said, even if it's not coming into the gym and lifting weights um, or, or getting on a treadmill, hiking, um, swimming, uh, walking around your neighborhood, it, that will at least get you started. And I think nine times out of 10, when we are getting started in our fitness journey, we are at a point that even that type of movement is going to benefit us. You know, we're not talking, and again, when we're talking about someone who is, is starting a fitness journey, most of the time you're usually coming from such a sedentary place that those types of things are going to get you going and then build on it. You know, like we said, we're going to talk about what, what we, we, we like to do going forward and what we think is the, the most effective in terms of fat loss and stuff going forward. Um, but again, just get started. Um, and, and I know that it's a big thing, especially when it comes to the beginner, because a lot of times the beginner is intimidated by the gym. And I think that is one of the big questions that people ask me is, is what's easier to work out at home or to work out at the gym. And I think that kind of First of all, that is, that, that's a personal question, and I can't answer. I know for me personally, it's coming to the gym. Um, at least it used to be. <laughs> I'm going to say that uh, because it's almost as I'm, as I'm talking about this, I, I'm thinking one of the reasons I used to like to go to the gym more than work out at home is there was always a distraction at home. The doorbell would ring. The kids would need something. You know, um, my phone would ring, uh, and you know, especially prior to being in the fitness business, when I was in the car business, it would be a boss or a customer needing something. Um, you know, I rest in between sets. I would go put laundry in. And the next thing I know, I spent a half an hour cleaning and I haven't done my second set. So I always found being in the gym put me in that, okay, I am here to work out mindset. Now, as I've gotten in the fitness business and I go to the gym, I work out in the gyms that I train in, you know, I have people coming up and talking to me, asking me questions. I have clients coming over and giving me fist bumps and high fives, employee, employees asking me questions. So, yeah, that sort of transitions into that. But for most people, that's not going to be a, be a thing. Whichever is going to give you the least distraction. And, and the one thing I really think about when it comes to the gym is I feel that if you are going to start at the gym at, at home, 
because you were intimidated, at some point you are going to want to transition into the gym. My big feeling on the the intimidation in the in gym is a lot of times, and Laura, I'm going to have you expound on this in a second, um, especially from a woman's perspective. I find that that intimidation in the gym is a lot mental. It, it's it's our own insecurities because I'll be honest with you, 99% of the people when I'm working out in the gym, when I'm working out, not when I'm working, but when I'm working out in the gym, I don't notice the, you know, the, the, the handful of clients that may be there or, or people that I just know who from being in the gym so much who I talk to all the time. Yeah, I might notice them. But other than that, no, I don't notice the people that I've never seen before, whether doing something right or wrong. You know, the idea that, oh, I'm going to look silly if I do use this, do that or the other thing wrong. No, trust me, no one notices you because we're so, so wrapped up in what we're doing. And just like, just like you, you, we have time constraints too, too. So we are focusing on what we were doing so we can get it done so we can get back to work or everyone else's so they can get back to work or pick up their kids or whatever it is they got to do. Yeah, definitely think so. I am, I'm a partial to this question as I sit here in my um, garage. Um, I, <laughs> if you, and I have a lot of clients that work out from home. So a lot of my virtual clients, they work out from home with like five pound dumbbells and that's it. And if that's all you have, um, we're going to get, this actually leads into the next thing. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. If that's as far as that's as much as you have, start with that. Um, don't get ahead of yourself and be like, well, I only have five pounds. And when I lift them, it's not that heavy. I'm sure at some point we will cover this a little bit, but we can modify our workouts. Um, so you don't have to always lift heavy. You can increase or decrease your tempo. And if you only have five pound weights, don't let that discourage you from starting. If you feel like you're intimidated from the gym. So I do think the home is a good place to build confidence. Um, but like Dave said, it is super easy to get distracted. So if you do um, feel like you're not quite ready to make it to the gym yet, don't let that stop you from starting. Find a place where you can set like a designated area inside your house. Like this is my workout area. Don't just like have your in the corner and then every time you work out you like set you go in that corner where like your desk is or your laundry is like have a designated area if you if your house isn't big enough to have a designated area get a yoga mat that yoga mat is your designated area and when you're working out do not leave that area because that is your workout area and mentally it's gonna make working out from home it sounds really silly but it's gonna make working out from home a lot easier because you're not going to give in to those distractions. Um, another thing, uh, I, I did not come up with this, so shout out to my uh, friend Taylor for this. When I don't know if anybody's ever been in a commercial gym. If you haven't, there are mirrors all over the walls. Like the whole thing is mirrors most of the time. The reason that there are mirrors there is because everybody is looking at themselves in the mirror. Nobody is looking at you. The whole place is filled with mirrors so everybody can stare at themselves. And like Dave said, when I'm in there working out, I am focused on myself. Yes, you will have some people that maybe you feel like they, like, maybe you feel like somebody's watching you. There are going to be exceptions to that rule, but the 99%, they are in there. And if they are sitting there watching you, they honestly need to get a life because that's weird. Like, worry about yourself. Um, that says more about them than it does about you. So just tell yourself that. 99 of the people are there to better themselves. They don't care what you're doing. And I know that like the big guys and girls can be intimidating, but they are the people who, sorry, there's a blank here. They are the people who love fitness and have made fitness their lifestyle and have like embodied that in. So if you ever get the courage to ask those people for help, they will most likely be more than happy to help you. So don't let the people encourage you either because if they, or discourage you, sorry. they If they are truly into fitness, they will definitely help you and they are gonna be super nice about it even if they look like they are really intense in their workouts. Um, Cause honestly they probably are. A lot of people that are really into fitness, they use that as a mental escape. And if they're into their workout, maybe nine, nine and a half times out of 10, I'm sure they will stop and, and help you. I have clients, um, some of my clients from the past, they don't train with me anymore, um, but it's been a while since I've seen them, like before COVID. Um, 
and they've stopped, I've gone to the gym to work out and they've stopped and asked me for help and I may have looked like I was into my workout and I was getting after it, but I will stop my own workout to help somebody else if that's going to help them further their journey. Um, so then I'm going to go back to, uh, if you do only have five pounds or even if you don't have anything, don't feel like you need to spend money on equipment, supplements, the fanciest gym membership, whatever your favorite fitness influencer has, especially with all the influencing that we have out here, you need zero things to start. Don't think that you need to invest all this money. I hear it all the time. Like I'm, I want to start, but I'm not quite ready to start. I don't have any protein powder. I don't have like any shorts that like the girls on Instagram wear or whatever. You don't even need that. Start with something that you can do forever. Everybody has the ability. Well, everybody that's not, most people have the ability to step outside and go for a walk. If that's going to be your starting point, you need to invest $0 to go for a walk. So get the habit down. Find something that you can do when you are in the habit of working out and you get the consistency going. Then you can have that conversation with yourself like, do okay, I feel like I'm ready to go buy some weights. Or like, all right, it's time to buy some protein powder. Um, or I'm ready for some new clothes. That being said, so I am really into gym clothes. I'm not even going to lie. If you have ever looked at my social media even a little bit, I'm sure that you have noticed that. Uh, I'm very into what I'm wearing at the gym. But so that for me, when I feel like I look cute, it translates to my lift. And that might sound dumb, but when I feel confident, I feel strong. And sometimes wearing a cute outfit to the gym makes me feel confident. So if that resonates with you, then yeah, maybe that is okay. If you feel like that's going to help you with your workout, with your consistency, then sure. Maybe you can go buy some new outfits, but I want to go crazy. Maybe like one or two things to start. Um, and then if you feel confident wearing your baggy t-shirt from high school and you don't care about gym clothes, that's okay too. Cause like we talked about in the last step, nobody's looking at you, nobody's judging what you're wearing. So the, the clothing thing is kind of, you have to have that conversation with yourself, but don't think you need to spend money to start. Uh, I totally agree with that. Um, I am going to say this. I am the other way when it comes to gym clothes. Um, Except for one thing, and this is this is something I'm going to say is important. And if you don't, at, at a, one of the things I'd like to do when I start was say, all right, I'm going to make sure I get through this first week before I go out and spend money, or I'm going to get through this first thing, first, um, you know, where I've lost X amount of weight before I go out and invest more, because I know um, that, especially when I first started, because I was so out of whack one way that. I lost a bunch of weight very quickly to start um, that I wasn't about to go out, run out and buy a bunch of new clothes right away that I wasn't going to fit in a month later. Um, so that's one. The other thing is, again, I'm going to sweat and I'm going to destroy these clothes. So I don't want to run out and spend a, a, a bunch of money on t-shirts and shorts. Um, most of my shorts come from Walmart. I'll be honest with you. Um, I do have a couple of pairs. Now I do have two sets of I almost have two sets of gym clothes. I have the gym clothes I wear to go to work, and I have the gym clothes that I wear to actually work out in. So they're not exactly the same. Um, so, but most of my actual true workout shorts come from Walmart. Um, a lot of my shirts are either also from Walmart or they are shirts that I've grown out of that I've cut the sleeves off, or um, promo shirts from the gyms that I've worked at um, that I've cut the sleeves off. Um, things like that. Uh, that I've gotten over the over my years of, of being in the fitness business and my own fitness journey. The one exception is I will spend a lot of money on is my shoes. Um, and I do believe that that is something that, especially once you get into the groove, um, first of all, you're, if you're over the age of 18, your shoe size isn't going to change, um, even if you are losing large amounts of weight. Secondly, I do believe that you need support, um, whether you're lifting weights. And if you are lifting, um, I look, look for some sort of a training shoe. Um, if you are more of a cardio person, definitely get yourself some sort of a comfortable running shoe, like a Brooks, um, uh, uh, the new noble, noble running shoes are actually very awesome. Um, from what I understand, 
Um, I know both trainers I wear personally and Under Armour trainers. So whatever, again, I'm not shameless. I'm not getting paid. I'm just telling you what I actually have. Um, but find something that's going to work for you in the shoe department because you are going to spend a lot of time on your feet. You are going to be doing um, dynamic movements, lifting weights. Um, so find something that is going to be comfortable, especially if a lot and a lot of people who have weight related health problems do have foot problems. Um, whether it's plantar fasciitis, bone spurs, um, tendonitis in the, in the, in the ankles and, and ankle and knee issues. So find something that's going to support your feet, uh, before you spend money on, on shirts and shorts and sweats and stuff like that. Yeah, um, well, going to the next one. I know with, um, running shoes, those are very specific for everybody. So like hokas, um, people are like raving about them right now. But I also have heard that people don't like them because they give them knee and ankle pain. So if you're investing in your shoes. I highly recommend going to like not like Dicks, like a like a running like a, where I live. There's like a running specialty store. Like if you can find a specialty store for like athletic shoes, I would highly recommend um, looking into that to make sure that the shoe is going to be appropriate for your foot. Yeah, there are actually two of those uh, near where I live as well um, in Baltimore. It's called Charm City Run, and they do. Um, if you go, and um, my ex-wife actually went in there one time looking for her shoes um, because she did have uh, or does have plantar fasciitis. She said, "I'm here to look at." Well, I, I forget what the brand was, um, and they said, "Well, before we show you them," and they started asking her questions about her her running habits and what she had. They will measure you. They will um, they will take uh, measurements with your feet, take dimensions of your feet, actually have you walk and, and test where your your uh, your heel strikes to really get you in the right shoe for you. Especially when it comes to running shoes, trainers I think are a little bit more universal. Um, and nowadays you see people in Chucks, Vans, uh, things like that who are lifting uh, under the squat rack. So I th I think definitely. The um, the 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 clothing is is secondary to the shoes. I'm the opposite. I'm a clothing. So that's <laughs> well, so and, and you do, and so that that's another thing, real quick. I wanted to say is you. I, I I've seen your Instagram. I've seen your, your things. A lot of time, Laura will when she does because Laura is a heavy lifter. She will work out in her bare feet. Um, and so she, and, and again, for you, that's, that's it. I actually do work out more, more than I show in my bare feet, um, because of what I train for with, with jujitsu. But still, when I lift, I am usually in, uh, in, in my trainers one way or the other. Yeah. I think barefoot lifting is this a whole nother thing, but barefoot lifting is a little bit more, uh, if you're looking to lose weight, don't worry about barefoot lifting. If like my clients who are the ones that want to lift heavy, that's when I get a little bit more into it. So beginners, um, don't get too caught up in barefoot lifting yet, but I love to lift, so I'm sure at some point we will talk about it. <laughs> right. And abs absolutely. And, and I do definitely believe that that is something to, to go, to go along. And again, it, it adds a layer of accountability. But the biggest thing I think that, and, and the number one I always excuse that I hear when people say I don't want to work out or I can't work out is time. And Laura, correct me if I'm wrong, if that is, if we had to give the list of excuses, I think nine out of 10 trainers would probably see, that would be at least in the top two, if not the number one. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. It's either I don't have time or I'm going to wait until this specific instance is over. And I'm glad you brought that up because I'm going to get into that in just a second. But the time thing, so first of all, look, look, look at this. I don't care how busy your job is. Um, again, I, I, prior to being a trainer, I sold cars. And I don't know if anyone out there listening has ever done that. It is a very thankless, it is very long, it is a very um, demanding business time-wise. Um, there were days where I would be at work at nine o'clock and then get home until 11, 11.30 at night and be there working straight through. I would still find time to go to the gym either before work 
Um, if I did happen to get a night off early, I still did get a day off. Or if, if I did, I would go on a Sunday because where I live, the dealerships were closed on Sunday. Um, there's always time. There's always time. We all have the same 24 hours in the day. We need to invest one hour three times a week. And it's not finding the time. It's making the time. It's looking at your schedule. And if you have a job that's a little bit more variable like you and I do, where we have clients that are not always coming at the same time every week. We have um, we have meetings that we may have to attend here and there, uh, and we both have children and families. So when you look at what you got your schedule going on for the week, most of us have by month, by Sunday night the, the know what's going to happen for the rest of the week. Say, all right, I have an opening here, here, and here. This is going to be my workout time. And then you don't let anything interfere with this unless it is an absolute emergency. And when I say an absolute, something is wrong is wrong with your kids. Something is wrong with your, 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 your spouse. Something is wrong with your significant other. Something is wrong with your parents. Um, your car explodes. Those are real problems. I understand. But let's face it, how often... Does our car explode? How often do we have emergencies? How often do we have those types of things come up in the course of a day? Work, I will give you a 50-50 shot on that. Yes, sometimes there are things, but let's face it. Most of us don't have a job that is life and death. Now, if you have a job that's life and death, that's different. If you are a police officer, if you are a firefighter, if you are a doctor, a lawyer to some extent, you know, yes, I get it. Those are life and death jobs. But the rest of us, whether we are trainers, whether we are car salesmen, whether we are um, secretary, most of us don't have life and death jobs. What we have to do now can wait till tomorrow. One hour, three times a week. That is really the, 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 the time commitment that it takes to, to make a change to start with. And I think there's always going to be an excuse, and you just hit the hit the nail on the head, Laura. Where you said the number, the top two excuses. If you hold a hundred trainers, I can guarantee you the top two excuses would be, "Oh, I'm going to wait until this passes," or "I don't have the time." And they almost go hand in hand, but because there's always an excuse. Let's just break your year down from January first to February fourteenth. Let's 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 go to Valentine's Day. There's not a whole lot going on. So that's where most people come and they come out the gate and they're like, all right, I'm going to go to the gym. And then they run and they run to the gym and they, they, they crowd the gyms and, and they're, they're all over. They're walking around. They're trying to get into a groove and they might get there. And then February 14th rolls around now. Okay. Well, it's Valentine's Day. So I'm going to spend that day with my, with my boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever. Then. St. Patrick's Day rolls around. Well, I've been working hard, so now I'm going to roll, roll around. And then you have kids' events that come up. Oh, I can't make it because I have to go to my kids' concert, or I have to go to my kids' game, or or uh, my husband's having an awards dinner, or whatever it is. So I'm going to skip this one this week. The next thing you know, oh, I'm going to wait until uh, so-and-so's birthday passes, or I'm going to work, work until... Uh, school lets out, or I'm going to wait until my summer after Fourth of July, my summer vacation. Oh, then turn around. Here's back to school. Now it's Halloween. Now it's Thanksgiving. Now it's the holiday. There's always a reason you can decide to put it off. Now I'm also not suggesting start your fitness journey the Monday before Thanksgiving. Okay, like that setting your again just like going all out. That is setting yourself up for failure. But make the time. Say, all right, I know I've got a busy week, but I'm going to make these three hours of this week for me, for my health. And my biggest thing is, is, and it sounds cliche and it sounds crazy, but we talk about it all the time. We want to help the people around us. We want to help our families. We want to be there for our husbands, our boyfriends, our wives, our girlfriends, our children, but we can't help them if we don't have them ourselves. And if we have health problems, if we ha can't move, if we don't have mobility, if we don't have, if we can't breathe walking up the steps, what good are we to our to the people around us and people that we love make that time for yourself don't find it make it yeah so i am i 100 percent like there is always going to be an excuse and i like dave i hear it all the time um i want to talk about some of and a little bit talking about like a topic that we covered last time 
is finding something that you can do forever. So I personally have a little bit, depending on my clients, so like my, I'm a little, like I talked about in the last one, I'm like 50-50, like women who want to get strong, women who want to build muscle, and then weight loss clients. With my women who want to get strong, I'm a little more intense. Uh, with my weight loss clients, I'm a little bit more of, a, I have like a little bit more give and take. Um, so if I have a client coming to me and I like Dave and if you're hearing, I have to work out three hours a week. Like I don't have three hours a week that don't let that discourage you because you may get to the point where you want to work out three hours a week. So maybe three hours a week is in the future for you. And that's not something that you feel like you can sustain forever right now. Cause in order to like be sustainable again, to focus on some, at least I think that you need to pick something that you can do forever. You can work out one time a week for an hour, forever, or even a half hour. Honestly, as long as you're getting the ball rolling. Now, sometimes I, I do tell that to my weight loss clients. And sometimes depending on the type of person that you are and your relationship with food and fitness, you may take that and you may run with it and you may only do one 10 minute workout a week. So we do have to kind of, we a half hour at least is what I usually recommend. Um, and even too, if you can't commit to a full half hour or a full hour every day, do 10 minutes every day at the end of the week, that'll add up to an hour. Let's say you took a day off, but realistically it's 10 minutes. So I think, I think you do 10 minutes, seven days a week, do something for 10 minutes every day to better yourself. Cause like Dave said, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. And I know that if anybody is a parent and they're listening to this and they're like, Oh my God, my kids are like all over me. How am I going to have, how am I going to have the time to do that? That's when you might want to implement that 10 minute workouts every day. So normally like my son's three, so he's a little chaotic. I at least have 10 minutes a couple times a day that I can get something done. And maybe it's not 10 minutes a day. Maybe you work out a total of an hour in a day, but it's only 10 minutes at a time. Um, there have been studies on working out that way. As long as your total amount of volume of your workout, which is your sets and your reps, um, per week is the same at the end of the week. It honestly really doesn't matter if you're working out 10 minutes every couple hours and you get an hour in a day, or if you're working out 10 minutes every couple every day and it ends up to an hour a week. Um, Cause I have two clients right now. They come to me once a week and they have, they've been better. They've been doing some stuff on their own. So shout out to them. They do stuff at home now, but when they first started with me, the only times they would work out is when they came with me an hour a week. And that gets into where the benefit of having a trainer is. Because um, I know a lot of times people will also say, and Sir Dave has heard this too, they'll be like, oh, I think I can do it on my own. You need to have that discussion with yourself. Like a lot of my clients, they know if they don't come work out with me, they're not going to work out. And that's the value of having that cost associated with it. Like you do have, you have to have a little bit of cost for you to stick to it. And if you're a beginner and you know that you don't have the discipline to do it, you might need to spend a little bit of money and invest in that trainer so that you actually stick to it. If it's something that you want to do, you do have to make a, a time investment and potentially sometimes a money investment. Um, but then going back to those clients, so they only meet with me once a week. I have been with them, uh, the wife I've met with for three months, the husband has been a little over two. In those three months, the wife is down two pant sizes and the husband lost an inch and a half off of his waist and had to buy a new suit for his job interview. Um, so they are making huge impacts in only working out with me once a week. And then, like I said, now that they have that habit, I didn't even have to tell them like, Hey, you, all right, now we're good. You need to start adding in more exercise. I did not say a word. Sometimes I sit back and it naturally happens. And then we're like talking and it comes up in conversation. Oh, now they're working out at home with things that I've showed them. So once you start and you get the ball rolling nine times out of 10, you are going to want it. You are going to start to get interested in it because you're going to realize, Oh, this makes me feel good. I have noticed that when I walk up the steps, I'm not as um, winded as they used to be. My back feels better. My knees feel better, whatever it is. Even if you're not having that conscious realization, subconsciously, you are noticing that you feel better when you get that movement in. Absolutely. And I, and I, and I think the one thing you said there that, that, that I don't talk about enough. And I think people don't talk about enough is, is 
investing in yourself. And, and that investment adds a layer of accountability. And I, I like to like to, to say to to liken it to buying a new car or or something new that you you buy a new car and suddenly you're extra careful about what you put in it, you know, eating in your car, um, having the kids bring juice boxes and stuff. The same thing goes when you invest in, in the trainer. Now you're extra, whether it's a trainer, whether it's workout equipment or workout clothes, you're a little extra careful about even a gym membership, um, depending on the gym. And I know, um, one of the gyms I work at is, is rather expensive. Um, so if you're going to come in here, you're going to pay, pay, the money for the gym membership, you're going to pay the money to, to come and train with me. You're going to be a little extra careful about what you put in your body uh, and what you do with your body and your time when you're not with me. Um, you're going to put that little bit of extra effort into it. And I'm not saying bankrupt yourself, but but make an, in, an investment. You're not to like, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to throw this this money away. You know, it make one of those things. Um, and I think the same thing can be said for our for our nutrition, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. I want to talk a little bit about nutrition. So this is going, I know we talked a lot about exercise. To be successful, you are going to have to change your nutrition. Um, it may not need to be right off the bat, depending, again, on your relationship with food and fitness. I used to have a client, and he came to uh, the company that I work for. He came, and he said, I'm going to do my workouts, but I'm absolutely not my nutrition don't ask me like he was adamant he is not changing his guess what a year later he's all of a sudden coming in like oh look at this like high protein blah 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 that i ate so like again going back to the natural interest um you're gonna get more interest in it so it may not be something that you change off the bat but when you get to the point where you feel like you're ready to change your nutrition which i highly recommend doing this from the bat the easiest thing is going to be to increase your protein intake um, you want to shoot for about like 0.7 to 1 gram of protein per body weight. I swear to God, every time I start to start talking, that fly comes out of my face. When you're talking, that fly leaves me alone. Um, but you want to go 0.7 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 150 pounds, or let's say 100 because, you know, math is hard. If you weigh 100 pounds, you want to be eating about 70 to 100 grams of protein. I personally like to shoot the middle, so I would prefer my clients to be about 85 if they did weigh 100 pounds. And realistically, nobody weighs 100 pounds, so it was just the easiest number I came with. Um, because eating that protein when you're exercising, it's going to help with your protein synthesis. Um, when we aid our protein synthesis, we're e it's easier to build muscle. When we build muscle, it speeds up our metabolism. When our metabolism is sped up, that means that you are doing zero work. So yes, you're putting in the work for your workout, but you're not manually burning calories. Like you don't have to look at your Fitbit and be like, oh, I only burned 300 calories during this workout. Like, dang it, that's not enough. Your body's going to start burning calories. So at the end of a year of your fitness journey, you can build like 8 to 10 pounds of muscle. Um, with that extra 8 to 10 pounds of muscle, it kind of varies person by person. So one pound of muscle might make me burn 50 more calories because I'm sure all the women out there, you know, when you start eating healthy and you're doing your fitness journey with your husband or your boyfriend or your friend who's a man, uh, they have to put in a lot less effort and they lose weight really quickly and then we gain weight. Um, so women were probably closer to 50 calories that we're burning per pound of muscle, which is not for everybody. I'm just kind of addressing the fact that there is a difference in sex. Um, Dave might be the lucky one and he might get to burn a hundred calories more per pound of muscle. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, but yeah, just for or anywhere in between there. So that means at the end of your amount of time forever, for amount, for however amount of muscle that you build, your body just sitting here in my chair here, I am burning more calories than I was six months ago. Um, so you're not going to have to do as much manual work. And honestly, I love fitness, but like I have a nice relationship. I have a nice combination of fitness and fitness. Like I want to be, I want to lift heavy, but do the least amount of work possible. So that's why in <coughs> lifting and that's why our podcast is called She Lifts, He Lift because we love to lift. Um, so working out and eating that protein is going to speed up our metabolism. Um, it's also going to keep you full 
when it keeps you full, you're going to naturally regulate your calories. So if you only track one thing, and I know a lot of times when people first start their journey, they download MyFitnessPal, it tells them to eat 1,200 calories, and they stick to it and whatever. Throw that away. All I want you to do is take your body weight, times it by, let's say, 0.85, because that's what I usually do, times it by 0.85, whatever that number is, you're going to shoot for that amount of protein. The, um, I, at the beginning, I don't even have my clients track their carbs or their fats or their calories or anything. All you're going to do is hit that protein. Now, you do want to focus on the least processed foods that you can get. I mean, let's be honest. It, we're in America. Is anything not processed? Probably not. Um, so you want to try to get the most whole foods that you can because when you're eating high protein and you're eating minimally processed, your calories, your carbs, and your fats are going to naturally regulate themselves and they're going to be where they need to be. And the only thing you need to track is 0.7 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight. Um, and then just another way to get that protein in. So you may do that math and you might be like, oh my God, that's a lot of protein. I'm only eating like 70 grams. Get ahead of it early in the day. So if you're a breakfast skipper, we're not, we're done skipping breakfast because if you're skipping breakfast and you're not getting in that protein, <laughs> you are going to be playing catch up the rest of the day. So if you have three meals to eat, let's say I usually eat like 160 ish grams of protein. If I have two meals to eat 160 grams of protein, I am going to be so full that I'm not even going to be able to finish my meals. So while you're, while I'm telling you this, split up your meals as you need to and focus on those whole foods and your protein because it's a not it's not a hack but it's the easiest way to track your nutrition in the beginning without with the least amount of effort absolutely absolutely and i think this is one of the things and when we when we we talked about investing in yourself and this is where i think two things that i want to say is one is is I'm glad you said it because I feel like sometimes I am just I beat this drum of breakfast it's like to the point of nauseum and and some people look at me like but Dave I'm not hungry when I wake up first of all I think you've trained your body for that like that that's just the way it is and there and let's face it when we were kids we woke up we ate how many times did you do this when you were a kid, Laura? And, I, and I'm going to assume that you were, you were, I know you're younger than me, but I'm sure you're, that you're old enough to remember this. You got up on Saturday morning, you ate a bowl of cereal, and you sat there and watched cartoons, right? Yep. Okay. And at some point in our life, we decided that getting up and eating breakfast was not worth the extra half an hour of sleep that we lost to do so. So we got up, we threw down a cup of coffee maybe a, a muffin or something, and we went off to work. When I went started my fitness journey at 270 pounds, the biggest change I, I found was when I ate breakfast, I started within a week, I really felt like I was getting to work with more energy than I was where I was sleeping right up until the, the point where I had to get the, the absolute last point, minute that I had to get up to get either shower or get dressed or whatever I had to do to get to work. That's one. Number two, the protein is important. And I think protein and a little bit of carbs at breakfast is just, it's going to get you through till lunch. And the second thing is when it comes to splitting up your, your meals, the more you can split them up throughout and divide those calories throughout the day, the longer you can keep your fire burning. And when I say your fire, if, if you think of your metabolism like a fire that you constantly have to keep wood throwing wood on, the more wood you throw in that fire, the bigger the fire becomes, the more it's going to burn. And I think that's where protein powder, and that's one of those investment in yourself things. And you don't have to go and buy the, the $50, uh, uh, what's it, first form or one of those, those sort of fitness, um, those fitness brands that, that really people who are, are further along in their fitness journey really gravitate towards. You can go buy the Body Fortress at Walmart or the Muscle Milk or the, um, and you can actually even at Walmart and Target now, you can actually find really good quality uh, proteins. Um, Dimatize is one that I use um, that you can actually now get at Walmart for a lot cheaper than you can get at a GNC or a vitamin shop. But if you make that investment in yourself, it makes it easier to spread that protein out throughout the day. And I think like like Laura said when it comes to strength training mu building muscle and 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 
naturally increasing your metabolism even at rest, that is a big thing. And that is one of those things that, that you have to be able to surround yourself with is the right stuff. Um, it just like surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, I find that also becomes a big thing is surrounding yourself with the right people, the people that aren't going to sabotage you that are going to help you get to those goals. Um, and I'm going to just throw this. So this is the next thing that I wanted to talk about was our community. And that is the people that we surround ourselves with. And this comes into, into two forms. Those are our immediate people. Those are our, again, our, our wives, our children, um, our families, our friends. And, and first of all, guys, I'm not suggesting that you need to go out. If you, if your friends aren't into fitness, if your wife or your girlfriend or your husband or boyfriend aren't into fitness, that you would need to go out and get new ones. Like that's not what I'm suggesting at all. Um, what I am suggesting, though, is that you may want to find people that are like-minded. And I am very much like this. Um, I, In the beginning of my fitness journey, I had gym friends, and then I had my friend friends. And a lot of my friend friends at the time weren't very much into fitness. Um, they, they didn't go to the gym. They didn't run. Um, so I had sort of like people I knew at the gym that I would talk to, get to talk to. So, and then, you know, eventually we would exchange numbers and we would say, hey, we're gonna be here at this time and make sure to go together this way. Even if we weren't working out together, we were at least talking and would give us sort of that sense of community and that sense of encouragement. It was also like, awesome, I got, hey, I hit a new bench PR or I hit a new this, or hey, I learned this new exercise or I learned, oh, check this thing out that I got this that's gonna help with my, uh, my you know, ankle stability. Um, the other part of that is comes in, I think with part of community that comes is where are we getting our advice from? Um, and I'm going to say this, when I say, where are we getting our advice from? I'm saying, where are we getting advice that we are advice that we are taking now? Because one of the things that I find with, with the, with the info, the culture of fitness influencers out there, um, is that they are giving good advice. But they are giving good advice to people that are in the same fitness category that they are. Preach. Oh, my God. Okay. And that's what... So, you go to a... Like, I'm very hesitant when I listen to podcasts or, or promo videos or something that are something that's centered around bodybuilding. I am not a bodybuilder. I am way more athletic. I like uh, jujitsu, wrestling, martial arts. Those are my things. So I'm looking for things that are not only going to increase my strength, but my, my power, my balance, my mobility. Um, also I'm getting older in case I've never mentioned that before. Um, so that I am conscious of things that are, are putting loads on my back, my knees, my shoulders. So I'm very conscious of where I'm getting my advice from. And that was something in the very beginning I wasn't doing. Um, the other part, is, part of that is not just do they have the same goals, but where are they? If they're trying to tell you how to get from 15 to 10% body fat and you're at 30, those, those things almost don't even apply to you yet. Like that you are so far from there. You know, you know the people always talk, oh, should I eat brown rice or white rice? This is just one example. Dude, you're eating French fries right now. It doesn't matter. Eat rice. Like, just pick a kind of rice and eat it. Like, don't go. And it kind of goes back to what we said about going all all in right off the bat. But the the problem is people are telling you to do that. And people are acting like it's easy. And it's not. Yes, it's easy to give up white rice for brown rice when you're at 15% body fat trying to get to 10. But when you're at 30 and you're eating French fries... It doesn't, you know, if you just ate regular potatoes and yeah. just roasted them, it's better than eating French fries. So let's, let's move that, move the progression along and find out where, and that's the, one of the things that I really, when it comes to training new people is I want to find out where you are starting from. And you said this earlier is about what you used to do and what you like to do with the workouts. It's the same thing with nutrition, I think. It, they go, and again, we all know that those two things go hand in hand. But I think if you find 
that you are doing something that is is so draining to you that the advice that you're getting is so draining to you that it's 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 almost like I need three days to recover from it. Maybe you're, and again, maybe it's not bad advice, but you're just not ready for that advice, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, um, so there's like how Dave talked about the bodybuilding community. So there is like a term, it's called bro science. Um, and it's a lot of the bodybuilders, they have this knowledge and they're not necessarily wrong. So uh, like bodybuilders will say, you got to drink a gallon of water a day. And they'll say, like, I forget what the exact reason that bodybuilders say to drink. Something about, like, flushing and, like, staying lean and, like, whatever. But the real reason you want to drink a gallon of water a day is because when you drink a gallon of water a day, you're going to be so full from water and the pursuit of drinking a gallon of water a day, you're going to be so focused on that that you're naturally going to eliminate soda. You're naturally going to eliminate those high-calorie drinks because you're so focused on hitting the gallon. So some of the information out there is not necessarily wrong, but it's more about the behavioral aspect of why that gives you results and less about like this, the physiological response that you get from that, um, if that makes sense. So there's like a couple other things, like sometimes people will talk about um, like intermittent fasting, like how Dave always talks about breakfast. Um, a lot of people push intermittent fasting. If that's we obviously disagree with that because we just told you that you need to eat protein um, to hit that protein goal. When you're intermittent fasting and you're finding somebody from Facebook, your aunt that you see on Facebook, like, oh, I do intermittent fasting and I lost however much weight. Um, yeah, I know for a fact she's not eating a whole lot of protein. So when you're neglecting that protein and that's your community telling you to go keto or go intermittent fasting or try this fad diet or whatever, um, nine times out of ten, and there are exceptions to this, but I'm sure if anybody's listening and they have seen that person, they end up back where they started, if not plus some, because that is not a sustainable way to live. So we have to be a little careful about the advice um, that we're giving. Red flag for fitness advice. If that person has never trained other people, so if you see a fitness influencer and all they have done is like worked on their own physique and they have not trained a single client, red flag. Um, if they have not trained, I mean, no hate to all the new trainers out there because we obviously need new trainers or we're never going to get more trainers. Uh, but you want to pick a trainer that's going to work for you and maybe that new trainer isn't going to be as experienced as you need them to be, especially with weight loss clients. Um, a lot of new trainers, and even when I was a new trainer, so I'm not hating because I was not a good new trainer. It takes a while to become a good trainer. You have to have... You have to see the same patterns over and over again. Um, a lot of new trainers will be like, well, you just have to eat less and move more. And you don't necessarily have to do that. When I have weight loss clients, the, I tell them to add things to their diet because I know they're going to have a hard time taking away. And sometimes they are, like how we talked about the last episode, they're saving, they're not eating the whole day. And then at the end of the day, they're eating like a whole bunch of calories. Um, I don't want my clients to do that. I am adding things to their diet. So I am adding in a gallon of water. I am adding in all that protein because psychologically it doesn't feel like I'm taking things away from them. Um, and with the community, you need to find a trainer that works for you and your goals. So like you're not going to go, I, if I need a coach, so like I'm, I'm not very experienced in Olympic lifts and I would like to be more experienced in Olympic lifts. So I'm not just going to go find some random other trainer or teach myself because I'm not experienced in Olympic lifts. I'm not going to go find somebody that specializes in women's bodybuilding and bikini shows and ask them to train me how to lift. I'm not, I'm not going to take a bodybuilding client because I have no, yeah, sure. I can get somebody lean. I can't get, oh, I can't get a woman down six percent I don't know anything about the timeline up until your show so like choose your trainer and your community based off of what you need so maybe you need a one-on-one -on -one trainer because you know you're not gonna if you, the more people that are there you're gonna feel like you're getting lost in the crowd and if you don't show up people are nobody's gonna notice because there's a whole bunch of people in this Zumba class or whatever if you if you feel like you have a tendency to want to get lost in the crowd I would choose a one-on-one -on -one or a small group training. If you don't really care and you like the community and you want to build more friends and whatever, then maybe a, a larger group training would be for you. But it's not like a, 
It's not just like depending on the type of person that you have and again the relationship of fitness that you have. It's not like you can just walk in to some random boot camp class and be successful because that class may not work for you. I agree with that and I agree with that and I, I encourage anyone who is starting a fitness journey and is thinking about training to, to before you go into a small group setting, before you go into um, a, a group fitness setting, take even if it's even if it's if it's two or three sessions with a with a one on one trainer, and then move into a, maybe a small group training type thing, because yes, a lot of times that is more can be more affordable to some people, and I I I I, I sympathize with that, but also again going back to what we've said a couple of times, and I think this has almost been the theme of this episode is been invest in yourself. And I think that's one of those 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 things that you can invest with yourself. And I'm I'm with Laura on this one. If I think back to when I first started training, I wasn't I wasn't I'm gonna say it was bad, but I think I took too much from my own fitness journey. Yeah. And tried to apply. And I think I also took too much again, just like I said, not to look advice. I think I tried to coach people who were way further along, away from where I was at the time and had them do the things that I was doing at the time. You know, the things that I was doing at, at 20 trying to get to 15 versus 30 plus trying to get to 25. You know, the, the, those those are the types of things that I, I can definitely say I did. Um, oh, yeah. And I've learned over, over the things how to be more, how to make fitness more of a progression and more, more, more of a journey and less of a destination. I'm gonna, I would say, is probably the best word. Yes. Ooh. But real quick, before you start, before we end, um, since they talked about it, that was like one of my favorite things. Everybody gets so caught up in the end result. You, in order to get to that end result, you have to acknowledge the journey and acknowledge how each step in that journey is making you feel. And we need to focus on health and improving your health and not getting to that end goal. Because if you're only worried about that end goal, you are not going to take the healthiest measures to get there. When you focus on health, you're, you will get the physical results if health is your priority. I feel like I read a book once about, about the process. I can't remember what it's called, but I feel like I've read it before. Uh, mind <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to start getting a little bit more specific next week. Next week, we're actually going to start on why we lift and why we feel we should lift. Um, just to give you a little sneak peek, Laura, Laura and I both do lift. Um, we both lift heavy. Um, I tend to also incorporate some other things into my lifts um, that, I, that I have found work for me. Um, and we will talk about all that next week. So if you are looking to... Get specific and get um, get a little further along in your fitness journey. I highly encourage you to tune in next week um, to the He Lifts She Lifts podcast. He She Lifts He Lifts podcast with Coach Laura and Coach Dave. And next week we will see you um, again. We will have our new episodes up. We should be having them up every Sunday. I think is what we talked about. Um, so until next week, Laura. You can do. Don't forget Laura Ash underscore CPT, TikTok and Instagram, and Laura Ash personal trainer on Facebook. Dave. Coach Coach Dave, I'm sorry, D Webster 023 on Instagram, Rockstar Fitness on Facebook. And until next week, this is Laura and Coach Dave.